Hello, everyone.、Uh, recording today from New York City. This is your favorite Beltway journalist, Matt Everett. Let's get right to it. Right.、Uh, as I said in the intro, I am in New York this week, which I I'm usually not. You guys know that I am a、uh, I'm a DC journalist、uh, to the core. Love DC, love the Beltway, never want to leave it. But yes, I am in New York this weekend, and、uh, the reason for that is actually because I I I this is this is big news. I saw Hamilton for the very first time. I know, right? How did I wait this long to see the、uh, smash musical Broadway thing? W- w- that is Hamilton. <laughs> I-, I love Hamilton.、Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about that.、Uh, we're gonna be talking about that a little later.、Uh, first, we gotta cover some、uh, some news that happened in the past week.、Uh, as I always do at this time, I've got the official Matt Everett tip sheet、uh, right in front of me, which has everything you need to know about policy and news in Washington this week. Uh, and believe it or not, for just fifty dollars a month, you can also have access to the Matt Everett tip sheet. All you have to do is go on to my Patreon and support and support the、uh, the fifty dollar tier,、uh, and you can have my tip sheet right at your fingertips. It's really worth it. Let me tell you. First thing on the tip sheet this week, Obamacare. That's right. Big, fantastic news out of Washington last Friday. Uh, House Republicans were unable to pass an Obamacare replacement, and you know they didn't even vote on a bill. Actually,、uh, they just had to pull it because、uh, they had such a lack of support. There was so much、uh, GOP infighting.、Uh, Donald Trump was, you know, he was saying, "You guys got to pass this bill," but the Freedom Caucus was like, "No way!" <laughs>、uh, <laughs> you know, it's just it's just crazy.、Uh, They they couldn't get this bill passed. They've been talking about it for years, and finally the time came, and they couldn't do it. So let me just say, thank God, Obamacare is still around. We love Obamacare. Now listen, I'm a bit, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit I'm a, I'm a wonk, right? Like I I really really care about policy. Like I dream about policy.、Uh, whenever I talk to people, it's only about policy. It's really what I live and breathe.、Uh, so obviously, I love Obamacare. Like it, it, there's so much to it. There's so much to read about.、Uh, but I don't really understand why people don't love Obamacare as much as I do. Right, like so many more people are insured under Obamacare than what you know, any literally any other option. Like th- there truly is no greater alternative to Obamacare. There isn't. And if you don't understand that, like I highly encourage you to do some of your own personal research.、Uh, I I know that for a fact,、uh, Vox totally has an explainer as to why Obamacare is just awesome. Uh, so I, I highly、uh, encourage you to、uh, read Vox. Just just read Vox, and、uh, you, you'll be a lot、uh, a lot happier, a lot smarter in life.、Uh, also, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and I'm going to、uh, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you to listen to Vox's podcast,、uh, The Weeds, I think it is,、uh, hosted by uh, uh, obviously Matt Iglesias,、uh, Ezra Klein, Sarah Cliff.、Uh, you know, the the the, the Vox triumvirate, the the my. Three of my personal favorite journalists, and I highly encourage you to、uh, 
uh, listen to that and you can gain some insight as to why Obamacare is perfect and nothing should ever replace it. So good news, obviously Obamacare uh, survives. Uh, and a lot of people are, you know, hailing this as like a big accomplishment for the Democrats and things like that. And I want to be careful about that, okay? I want to be careful about that because of a theory that many in the Beltway have been floating around for the past uh, couple of months, and that is that this is all part of the plan. This is all part of uh, Donald Trump, or perhaps more accurately, Steve Bannon's grand master plan to eventually uh, shape the country to be the way that they want it to be. Uh, we all know that Steve Bannon uh, read The Art of War, and he's really good at like strategy and he just he, he, he nothing he nothing like he, he wouldn't have even proposed this bill if he knew it was going to fail and you know he probably knew that it was going to fail going into it and that's just all part of the plan so we got to be very careful about celebrating uh and keep watching to make sure that this isn't just some sort of a grand scheme to pass some sort of terrible uh terrible health care bill that's going to end up like really hurting americans because uh, listen Say what you want about Steve Bannon, but he's a strategist, right? He knows what he's doing, and he's really good at what he does. So let's be careful. Uh, also in healthcare news, uh, there's news that uh, uh, the independent senator from Vermont, Bernie Sanders, is uh, trying to pass a, a single-payer uh, single bill through Congress. Let me just say that this is a bad idea. Uh, we don't want universal health care in America. Uh, Obamacare is doing a perfect job. Obamacare uh, insures so many people. And we're just, our, our, look, our nation is not Sweden, right? We're, we're, we're not Scandinavia. We have way more people here than they have in Scandinavia. Uh, our Just our population, our culture is not conducive to single payer. And I think that, you know, we don't need to be distracted by all of this leftist garbage right now. What we need to focus on is preserving uh, President Obama's legacy, uh, doing what Hillary Clinton would have done, and that is keeping things as they are uh, in a very uh, very liberal way. So uh, we want Obamacare. Uh, we want to keep everything as is and just, you know, work really hard uh, to you know preserve all this. Uh, I, I think it's important to bring up the fact that uh, – at one point, uh, in I guess the past decade or so, uh, there was a uh, they, they tried to pass single payer healthcare in the state of Vermont. It didn't work. If it's too radical for Vermont, there's no way it's going to pass here. There's no way. Let's not even waste time with this. Uh, let's just preserve Obamacare and keep making and let's make sure that the people that don't like Obamacare right now learn that they like Obamacare, all right? That's what we got to focus on. We got to explain it to them. We got to make them uh, realize that what they have is good. So moving on from Obamacare now to something that was, you know, uh, mixed feelings about this one. Uh, this this, uh, this is a big development that came out yesterday. Uh, it was big on Twitter. I saw at least like, uh, I think about 15 of my friends uh, shared this article on social media, according to Nuzzle or something like that. And, uh, Basically, uh, Gizmodo uh, writer Ashley Feinberg 
uh, came out with this piece that basically docks James Comey, right? So uh, James Comey this week said that he has both an Instagram account and a Twitter account. Now, this is interesting because nobody is aware of these accounts. So he said it was just for family uh, and that, you know, it wasn't for the public or anything like that. Well, Feinberg decided that she was going to find these accounts, and she did. She found both his private Instagram and his Twitter. This is interesting. Uh, look, it, you know that I don't really like James Comey. I think that he's part of the reason as to why Hillary Clinton lost uh, the election that she deserved to win. But um, you still don't do this to people like you don't uh violate their privacy like that if he had a twitter yes the t yes i understand that the twitter was public but if he didn't want people to follow him you should respect that it's sort of like on tumblr when you say don't 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 reblog uh but you still post it anyway you you have to respect uh you know his wishes uh i think that this is an invasion of privacy and i think that um there are some ethics concerns uh in this as well uh, I think that we need to respect people. We need to respect all people, but we especially need to respect people that are in power. So uh, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm just going to let you think for yourself on that one. And right now, I want to take you to the Look, I Know What I'm Saying segment of my podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Look, I Know What I'm Saying with Matt Everett. Uh, so on Tuesday this week, I made the trip from my home in D.C. all the way up to the Big Apple, New York City. I took the Acela, and upon boarding, I discovered that my former partner in crime, fellow Beltway journalist Jake White, was also going to be riding the Acela, and we sat right next to each other. It's been a while since me and Jack, uh, uh, Jake sorry, have talked, so this was a welcome opportunity to catch up. Now, after the customary how did family court screw you over this week conversation, we got to discussing a great piece that appeared uh, in the New Republic earlier this month, Kevin Baker's Blue Exit, a modest proposal from separating for separating blue states from red. This was a uh, this was a bombshell of a piece. Uh, really resonated with me and uh, a few of my friends, and uh, it was really the lead that got me, and uh, really just enthralled me in this piece and by the time i was done reading it i was fully convinced uh of of the point that uh kevin's trying to express which is basically that uh there should be a secession uh in the style of brexit uh hence blue exit uh to separate uh, the red states from the blue states because they're so they're so monumentally different that it's it's getting hard to uh maintain a single country so i want to uh uh read uh, the entire lead for you uh because it really is just it's 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 big and it it's good so here we go this is uh kevin's uh work now dear red state trump voter let's face it guys we're done for more than 80 years now we the residents of what some people like to call blue america but which i prefer to think of as the united states of we pay our own damn way have shelled out far more in federal tax monies than we take in we have funded massive infrastructure projects in your rural counties, subsidized your schools and your power plants and your nursing homes, sent you entire industries, and simultaneously absorbed the most destitute, unskilled, and oppressed portions of your populations, white and black alike. All of which, it turns out, 
only left you more bitter, white, and alt-right than ever. Oh, wow. That, that, is, uh, that is some powerful writing right there. It really uh, drags you into, uh, to, into the, uh, the rest of the piece. And uh, it, I, I think just, just that alone convinced me. But it was in reading this that like, I was like, oh, wow, maybe things just aren't working out. Like we in the blue states, uh, we're doing so much. We're, we're contributing so much more than the people in the uh, red states are. And, and they're, we give them our money. And you know what? They just complain about it. They, they waste it and they complain that, you know, we're, you know, just doing things that they don't care about. But, but it, it, it's, it's, oh God, you, all you have to do is look at the difference between red states and blue states and you'll see which states are better, right? And, uh, it, it, it this piece just really emphasizes that. And I think it actually does make a pretty strong case for a, uh, a secession. Uh, so I want to, uh, so I just want to talk about this a little bit, um, uh, and the, the picture that Kevin paints here is just, it's, it's accurate, like I said. Uh, red states simply aren't carrying their weight, uh, and it's the blue states that are paying the, the price. Here in the blue states, we want to create wind farms that will supply the electricity for our electric cars. But instead of contributing to a cleaner environment, our blue state tax dollars go to some oil spill cleaning project in our red state that we just wouldn't need to worry about if we just seceded. And here in the blue states, we could travel all around on our uh, our new nation on high-speed rails, sipping wine and talking about Beyonce's lemonade, instead of sending our hard-earned money to take care of some coal miner uh, on fentanyl. Now, I don't think that this piece is meant to be a manifesto for secession as much as it is supposed to be a wake-up call to red states telling them to appreciate what they have. And I completely agree. We have a good capitalist economy that gives everyone a fair chance. We have a government that is made to serve the people. And we have a nation to be proud of. Look, I know what I'm saying. This has been Look, I Know What I'm Saying with Matt Everett. Alright, so like, as I was saying, I am recording the show in New York, which is different from my uh, my usual recording studio in Washington, D.C., but I am here for a purpose, and that purpose was to see Hamilton. That's right, last night, I, for the very first time in my life, saw Hamilton, and let me just tell you that it was probably the greatest experience of my entire life, as, as I knew it would be. Like, I've, I've been looking forward to uh, seeing this for... Uh, quite literally ever since it came out and I'm, I'm so lucky that I finally got the opportunity to uh, to see it um, for those of you that don't uh, know you've been living under a rock for the past two years Hamilton is the hottest show on Broadway it's it's a hip-hop musical that's all about the life of my personal favorite founding father Alexander Hamilton and uh, I I, I a lot of it's, you know, uh, the dialogue is wrapped, which I just think is the coolest thing. Uh, and th what makes it even cooler is that it's all historical. Like, all the raps are historical. Uh, some people call this nerdcore, but we don't we don't bother with those people. They are uh, they're just jealous that they don't have anything as cool as Hamilton to be proud of. So I want to read you uh, an excerpt from one of my favorite songs in Hamilton, which is called The Election of 1800. And uh, Hamilton uh, says this, Yo, the people are asking to hear my voice, for the country is facing a difficult choice. And if you were to ask me who'd, who I'd promote, 
Jefferson has my vote. <laughs> wow. That is that is really really good not only is it is it is it uh is it said to like this really like cool rhyme and like this cool beat and everything but it's also just so much fun to like think about like the the history and like just everything that this is implying like this is just <laughs> this is the coolest thing lin-manuel miranda is one of my many heroes uh, i think i said that in the last episode and uh this is this this just the entire show is just awesome but i think that the uh Perhaps the best thing about this uh, uh, musical is that the entire cast is uh, all black and Latino, which is which is truly uh, objectively a great thing. Uh, don't get me wrong. Um, and uh, the New York Times has actually uh, said that casting black and Latino actors as the founding fathers effectively writes non-white people into the story in ways that audiences have profound. Uh, I'm sorry, have powerfully responded to. And you know that's true. Uh, people are going crazy over this musical. Uh, we all know about the, the famous BuzzFeed Hamilton slack. And uh, I, I think that a, a big reason for all of the success is because of the casting. And when we look back at American history, especially at the Founding Fathers, there's just wealthy white men. And, you know, there's not a lot of stuff to be proud of in that sense. Like, it's kind of bad. But... Hamilton gives us a reason to be really proud of our founding history, uh, really uh, just be proud to be American, because now instead of these white, boring old rich men, we're dancing along with uh, with black actors, Latino actors, and I think that's a really great thing. It gives us something to be proud of. It, it rewrites our history the way that it should have been, and I think that's really awesome. And you know, I think that that is actually a really good way for liberals to start thinking from now on. Uh, and, and, you know, it's not from now on, because we have been doing this for a long time. I mean, we've really been emphasizing on uh, diversifying, uh, you know, our government, making sure that it looks like the people. We want to make sure that, you know, uh, there are enough female billionaires. We want enough black billionaires. We want billionaires to reflect the way America looks. And I think that this is really, really great. Uh, I think that we need to... Hamiltonize the entire one percent. Uh, I, I hate to use that leftist language, but um, I, I think that if the one percent was more racially diverse and uh, more reflective of the way that uh, America truly looked, a lot of the problems that we have would disappear. Uh, I, I'm gonna say that I think that the goal of liberals should be to diversify the 1% so that the boardrooms, the bureaucracies, the television shows, everything should reflect the diverse face of America. And once that happens, I think that we're going to be seeing a lot of good change throughout the country. I, I think that things will nearly change for the better overnight. And I think that Hamilton can sort of be uh, this 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 guiding beacon of light, uh, showing us in the right direction, showing us what we should look like. Like, yeah, we have billionaires. So why not, you know, have them look like the rest of America? We need more, we need more women. We need more, we just need more minorities to do these awesome things. And then, you know, everything is just going to follow in place from there. So that's what I learned from, uh, being able to have the uh, privilege of seeing Hamilton, uh, this past week. Uh, tomorrow I'm taking the Acela down to DC. I hope that you all have the chance to uh, have this experience at some point because uh, it really it really, uh, 
it had a profound effect on me. Uh, I feel I feel more hopeful. I, I feel better just about everything, and I think I think that now I uh, I know what we want to do, and I, uh, I I think that this gives us a good uh, rallying cry, and uh, things are going to get better. Things are going to get a lot better. And you know, Ham uh, Mike Pence saw Hamilton, so I I think that we're gonna we should be expecting some really progressive, awesome changes from uh, the White House in the months to follow. So that wraps up this episode of The Week with Matt Everett. Thank you once again for tuning in. Remember that you can follow me on Twitter at Neolibman. You can support my Patreon. Uh, I really appreciate you listening all the way through this, and uh, I will see you next week.